0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, May 13th. I'm Matt Hoysh. In today's headlines, Dr. Mahoney thrilled for Pfizer, Telluride purchases lot for workforce housing, advice for graduates, and a mountain weather forecast. With the recent approval of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine for children ages 12 to 15, Dr. Christine Mahoney says she is thrilled.
1: I actually am desperately waiting for my kids who are seven and 10 to be eligible. I've told people that um, if I could, I would sign them up for a clinical trial. If there's a trial nearby, that's how much I trust the process and want my own kids vaccinated.
0: Mahoney is medical director of primary care at the Telluride Regional Medical Center. She spoke on Thursday on KOTO. Younger people, she acknowledges, have, for the most part, not gotten as sick from COVID as adults, who have accounted for most of the deaths and hospitalizations from the virus, But, she says, there have been many severe cases in kids.
1: Kids requiring ICU stays, kids dying, and kids with long-term side effects from a COVID infection.
0: Vaccinating younger people, she adds, will also help the county population reach herd immunity. Right now, about 80% of the county's eligible adult population has at least one vaccine dose. But
1: the vaccination rate for our total population is about 50, and that is not herd immunity.
0: When it comes to uncertainty, Mahoney acknowledges there isn't long-term data to see the impacts of the vaccines 10 years down the line, but she adds there is data on the impacts of COVID.
1: I'm very confident in the science of the vaccine and the safety data that I would much rather risk any side effect or potential long-term effect which is unlikely from the vaccine rather than risk me or my children getting the COVID infection
0: san miguel county will host pfizer vaccine clinics for anyone ages 12 and up on thursday may 20th in norwood at the lone cone library and friday may 21st in telluride at the telluride intermediate school Norwood registration is available at bit.ly slash Pfizer Norwood and Telluride registration is available at bit.ly slash Pfizer Telluride. The county will also host an informational webinar on Tuesday, May 18th at 7 p.m. to discuss the development, efficacy, safety, and side effects of the Pfizer vaccine. In other COVID news, on Thursday, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention amended its public health recommendations. Now the CDC advises fully vaccinated people can gather without masks or social distancing in most indoor and outdoor settings. San Miguel County, though, has not changed its public health orders. Face coverings are still required in public indoor spaces and public transportation, and in outdoor spaces where social distancing isn't possible. But, according to county manager Mike Bordonia, the county commissioners will discuss local mask use moving forward in light of the new guidance at their next meeting this Wednesday. Can't build housing without land. This week, the Telluride Town Council authorized the purchase of a roughly 14,500 square foot lot east of Clark's Market for Workforce Housing. It's
2: well-situated for affordable housing, as it's near the high school, middle school, within walking distance of 7. Of course, it's next to the grocery store. It's on the regional transit routes. And it's also within walking distance to many of the places of employment within town or the gondola.
0: That's Town Program Director Lance McDonald describing the property at Council's meeting this week. McDonald notes there would be some challenges to development on the site, namely a sewer line that bisects the property.
2: That line would likely have to be shifted slightly to accommodate development on the property. There's a water line that traverses the property from east to west, but we believe that to be dead and no longer uh, flowing with water. It was a secondary service line, apparently, to the Clarks building. That, if the line is in use, we can certainly relocate that without another property owner's consent and uh, that should not pose a substantial or significant issue for the project.
0: Council is enthusiastic about the purchase, which they previously discussed in executive session. Here's Councilmember Adrian Christie.
1: We've expressed goals of land banking and acquiring property over time as a way of pursuing our affordable housing goals and this is one of those activities and um, hopefully the community is going to be very excited to hear about this purchase.
0: Mayor Delaney Young also stresses the importance of the town's land banking goals.
1: For better or worse, there's very little land left in the town of Telluride.
0: Council authorized the property purchase, which came out to roughly $3.7 million in a four to zero vote. Mayor Pro Tem Todd Brown and Councilmember Lars Carlson recused themselves due to conflicts of interest, and Councilmember Tom Watkinson was not at the meeting. Following the vote, Councilmember Geneva Seanette praised the town's use of funding from new taxes as well as increased real estate sales.
3: Over the past couple years, passing our increasing funding mechanisms for affordable housing has enabled us, and having a big year last year, has enabled us to acquire a large, one of the last larger pieces of undeveloped property in town. So thanks to the public for putting the trust in us to take these steps and let's keep building stuff. What
0: housing on the lot could look like is still up in the air. McDonald estimates it could fit 20 to 30 units.
2: Maybe lower, maybe even higher, um, depending on the unit size and the mix. And that's if it were um, standard condominium type units, multifamily units there hasn't been any any decision or direction or discussion about what type of housing would occur here.
0: A development timeline is also undecided. Earlier this year, council authorized the cost estimation and design processes for three other workforce housing sites. McDonald explains it's up to town council and the town's housing authority subcommittee to decide which projects proceed in what order. Graduation season is upon us. Over the coming weeks, seniors in the Telluride and Norwood school districts, as well as the Mountain School, will finish their time in high school and step out into the great beyond of life. KOTO News hit the streets to ask passers-by what they wish they had known when graduating high school and what advice they would give to the class of 2021.
4: Go on adventures. Be gentle with yourself in finding your path. It takes time, it can cause anxiety, but you will get there.
2: Be humble, be respectful, life's not easy, get a job. My name is Brandon Williamson.
4: Heidi Hoff. Emma Christensen. Appreciate your parents. (laughs) Call your mother every Sunday. I'm Marty Burdick. Duncan Loudon. Suze Wolf. I'm Joanna Spindler.
3: Never have a five-year plan. Uh, Try it and see what you think.
4: Higher education is
1: really a lifelong goal and it may or may not have to do with going to a traditional college for you. It could have to do with going into the trades or receiving other kinds of uh, training and travel or there are so many ways to go and I just hope that you make lifelong learning a goal. Hi this is Heidi Sarazin and my advice for graduating seniors is be patient with your journey in life. You never know where you're gonna end up, so say yes to opportunities and keep the door open for new adventures and new experiences.
5: My name's Jonathan Cooper.
1: Pam Stewart Maddox.
5: Meet new people and hang out with folks that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise, because I promise you they're very interesting.
1: Don't take yourself too seriously. Whatever it is you're going through, whether it's good or it's bad, it's transitory. And so hang in there. And the, the, the glory is if you have more good than bad when you finish, you
3: win. Develop a skill set.
5: Look into taxes and look into your finances. They don't teach you any of that in school. My name is John Garcia.
3: Allison Templin. My name
0: is Alicia Walker. I would say actually listen to the adults around you. It sometimes sounds like you're being lectured at, but the truth is they've got knowledge about stuff, and sometimes you can save yourself a lot of heartache.
5: Every time you think you have the answer to
1: something, try to ask a question instead.
2: Go find nature again, because that's what it's all about, and leave everything else behind. This is Joshy G. Colin Sullivan.
1: I'm Alice Martin and I work at the library. When you go through life, I advise that you do whatever you love to do without regard to money or career goals. Just make it something you love because you'll be doing it for a long time. Things are going to get better. It doesn't get any easier.
5: Don't sweat the small stuff. Oh, it's uh, Ben with KOTO. Ben Kerr.
4: Michelle St. Ange. Ken Ridley. Jackie Kennefeck. I'm Jill McCord. Sasha Sullivan. My advice is fake it you
1: make it, you could mess up as much as you need to in your twenties because people will always forgive you because you're in your twenties. You're doing it in your thirties; they're not going to forgive you.
5: Hey, this is Rob Rutherford. Voodoo unto others before they voodoo unto you. What does that mean? What does that mean?
0: <laughs> if you're like me you've got a lot of used batteries lying around the house, waiting for appropriate disposal. Well, the time has come. Later this month, EcoAction Partners and San Miguel County will host electronics recycling events. Tech-filled folks can dump computers and laptops, computer monitors, small household electronics that plug in or use batteries, all household batteries, and vehicle batteries for free. Televisions will also be accepted with a $25 fee. The events will not accept household chemicals, paint, fuel cans, or propane bottles, light bulbs or any mercury-containing device, or refrigerator appliances with Freon. Electronics recycling will take place in Telluride on Friday, May 21st and Saturday, May 22nd, in Mountain Village on Friday, the 21st, and in Norwood on Saturday, the 22nd. Household Waste Disposal will also be available in Telluride on May 21st and 22nd and in Norwood on May 22nd, and Household Hazardous Waste Disposal will be available in Telluride on May 22nd. All Telluride cleanup events will take place at Carhenge, Mountain Village events in the Market Plaza parking lot, and Norwood events at the San Miguel County Fairgrounds. Nonprofits looking for guidance after a year of uncertainty and change can tune into three virtual workshops hosted by the Telluride Foundation over the next three months. The first, on May 27th, will look at navigating federal and state funding opportunities. The next workshop, on June 8th, will look at how to build organizational resilience to be better prepared for future challenges. Finally, a webinar on July 13th will explore donor relations. And how to acknowledge donors and incorporate gratitude into fundraising programs. Registration is required for all of the nonprofit virtual workshops. This week, the Telluride Foundation also announced they have officially begun a search for their next CEO. After 20 years leading the nonprofit, Paul Major announced earlier this year he would be stepping down as CEO after a replacement is brought on. The foundation's board partnered with the executive search advisory firm Koya Partners to speak with community members and stakeholders and draw up a candidate profile. Annual base compensation, according to the profile, begins at $200,000. Koya will now promote the position and work with the board search committee to interview candidates. Governor Jared Polis signed more than a dozen bills into law this week including one allowing residents to have their bodies turned into garden soil after they die. Colorado is the second state to allow the composting of human remains. Republican Representative Matt Soper of Delta says it had support across the political spectrum.
5: I certainly have very conservative constituents who tell me that they love the idea of being tied to the land that they were born on and they have worked with their hands, whether it's through farming or ranching. I have more liberal constituents who say to me, Matt, I love this because it's a green way uh, to leave this world as well.
0: Governor Polis also signed a bill requiring all businesses to accept cash. Supporters say new cashless policies adopted during the pandemic have hurt some residents, including younger ones who do not have bank accounts and those experiencing homelessness. Snowpack plays a big role in the West's water supply, but some researchers say that groundwater is equally important, particularly in the Colorado River watershed. From KJZZ in Phoenix, Ron Dungan reports that researchers are examining the walls of the Grand Canyon to understand how groundwater responds to climate change.
6: Ben Tobin has questions. He's a geologist at the University of Kentucky who started learning about caves as a young man, following the footsteps of his mother, also a geologist. For a time, his work brought him out west to Grand Canyon National Park.
5: Caves are a really special place in many ways.
6: Tobin specializes in what's known as karst hydrology. These are underground systems made up of soluble rocks such as limestone. He says caves are like another world with blind animals, fossils, and archaeological finds. If you take a moment, you may find smaller arachnids called pseudoscorpions.
5: I mean, everyone thinks of stalactites and stalagmites, but then we also have these huge, like, gypsum curls that can be multiple feet long that are often, they look like toothpaste being squeezed out of a toothpaste tube.
6: And caves transport water. Underground rivers that start as rainwater and make their way through the Grand Canyon's geology. Tobin wanted to know how the water travels from top to bottom. So in a series of studies that he started several years ago, his team of researchers placed fluorescent dye in sinkholes on the Kaibab Plateau and then hiked down into the canyon to see where the dye came out.
5: It was hiking the equivalent Uh, From sea level to the top of Mount Everest and back down over the course of 200 miles.
6: At first, they thought the water would more or less go straight down.
5: I choke about this a lot. Water is lazy. It just wants to go downhill, and so it just finds the easiest way down it can.
6: It flowed downhill, but also horizontally. Some of it showed up about 20 miles away, and it showed up in different springs than the researchers predicted.
5: What was really confusing to me was that it, it never just flowed to one place. It always flowed to multiple places.
6: Water may be lazy, but it's not simple. Understanding the springs is important, he says, because about a quarter of the world's population relies on water that comes from karst systems.
5: We're trying to understand how water gets down to this kind of big regional aquifer.
6: The research also has important implications for the future of the canyon and surrounding communities.
2: Most people think the reason to go to the Grand Canyon is for the big ditch or to float a river trip. But the real beauty and magic of the canyon are the spring-fed side canyons.
6: That's Abe Springer, a geologist at Northern Arizona University who has spent much of his career studying those side canyons and the water that flows in them, such as Kanab Creek. Springer says that water is important to plants and wildlife in the canyon.
2: In the Grand Canyon National Park, there's estimated to be over 750 springs.
6: But there's another reason to understand how the springs work. They make up a significant portion of the Colorado River's flow. Springer says that river managers tend to look at annual snowpack and the level of Lake Mead when they assess the regional water supply. He says it's more complicated than that.
2: Most people's perception is that All the flow of the Colorado River comes from a melting glacier in Colorado, and that's completely false. The majority of the contribution of the flow of the Colorado River comes from groundwater.
6: A lot of that groundwater comes from the upper basin states. By the time it gets to the Grand Canyon, the entire river is spoken for. That means 6 million park visitors, local communities, and tribes have to rely on springs and wells.
5: The importance of groundwater in, in the Grand Canyon region cannot be overstated.
6: Fred Tillman is with the U.S. Geological Survey. There's almost no area where groundwater is more critical than in that Grand Canyon area, even though the Colorado River is right there. They, just, they don't have access or rights to it. In recent years, resorts, uranium mines, and other developments have been proposed in the Grand Canyon region. Critics say there's not enough water and that new demands could upset its unique network of springs. And with climate change, there may be even less in the future. I'm Ron Dungan in Phoenix.
0: National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for partly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 40. Friday, mostly sunny with a high near 60 and Friday night mostly clear with a low around 40. Saturday, a slight chance of rain in the afternoon with a high in the mid-60s and Saturday night partly cloudy with a low in the mid-30s. This has been the news for Thursday, May 13th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. And now, personal commentaries.
4: Hey, Codo listeners. Do you work with youth or spend time with young people? This Mental Health Awareness Month, do you want to learn how to help them overcome mental health and substance use challenges? Join TCH Network on May 20th at the Wilkinson Public Library for youth mental health first aid training. Topics covered in the training include anxiety, depression, and addictions. Participants will practice recognizing these conditions and offering support to young people who are experiencing them, and will walk away feeling more equipped to help youth be the best versions of themselves. Anyone over 18 can join this free training. And to sign up, visit tchnetwork.org forward slash events dash and dash classes. Additionally, join us on May 24th for a resource fair in Elks Park to learn about the resources that local organizations can provide to help your mental health thrive. To learn more about these events and to view our full event schedule, visit TCHnetwork.org forward slash events and dash classes, or give us a call at 970-708-7096. Stay tuned throughout the month for more exciting events and opportunities. And remember this mental health month and always you are not alone.
3: Have you heard the rumors? Could it possibly be? Is it Thanksgiving already? It's true, folks. The Telluride Elks Lodge is doing a never-before-but-hopefully-again spring bingo to kick off the festival season. May 22nd, we will open our doors to pods of four to play bingo and win prizes sponsored by local businesses. Pre-register and pre-pay at www.tellurideturkeybingo.com we will have two seatings one at 5:30 p.m. and one at 8 p.m. we only have 14 pods available per seating so sign up now at telluride bingo.com the cost of 30 dollars per person includes a pack of 15 games each but you can only get this deal at telluride turkey bingo.com we're looking forward to seeing you at the telluride elks lodge on may 22nd for some epic bingo but only if you sign up at TellurideTurkeyBingo.com, because walk-ups won't be admitted. Bingo. Bingo.
0: Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.